Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ubi Est Mia. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with former Chicagoan, current Chicagoan, actually, uh, Marty DeRosa. Marty is a fantastic stand-up comic and podcaster. He uh, used to live in L.A., and now he's back in Chicago, and I think it's a pretty great thing. He also hosts this amazing show called Wrestling With Depression that is uh, great if you're a wrestling fan and or you're a fan of hearing people talk about depression. If you're a fan of depression, you should seek help, and that's perfectly normal and okay. Marty and I talk about his time in Los Angeles, his time in Arizona, his time in Indiana, his time in Chicago, and much, much more. Without further ado, here's Marty DeRosa. This is the first time I've ever used another man's microphones. Don't worry about it. It's somewhat disturbing. I uh, have my special mic. My, my, this is my lucky microphone, and I know that because if I lift off the the uh-huh. uh, cover, it's a little more banged up. I put it in my backpack one time without a cover on it, and it got all banged up. So I always use it as my microphone. So these are your road stories. They're classic my, Marty DeRosa road stories. I did this podcast uh, after going to Guitar Center in 2014. You're the first guest on the show that's a former Chicagoan and a current Chicagoan yes. at the same time. That's weird to me. Okay. I am very glad that you're back in Chicago. Thanks. Because I never saw you when you were in L.A. Mm-hmm. And Not many people did. Yeah, and that's weird because I, I don't live here and I see you a lot more in Chicago. I know. I lived a very uh, reclusive lifestyle in L.A. Okay. I didn't leave the house much. Um, I'd go to Vons. I'd go to the Vista to see a movie by myself. Or, or I would, uh, you know, venture out every once in a while if I had to. Okay. Let's go back a little bit further. Yes. You're originally from Indiana. Yes. Sherville, Indiana. Where is that? Uh, Northwest Indiana, about okay. an hour outside of Chicago. Okay. By Gary, Maryville, Sherville. So you went from Indiana yes. to Wisconsin. Is that correct? I, was, I did one year in Milwaukee for college, but that was right when my, uh, right when my, my uh, sister had died. Uh-huh. And that was a bad year. So that was that was that was uh, LA gave sort of run for its money, but that was my most reclusive year. That was. Is that how you look at years? You rank them in terms of sadness. Kind of. Sometimes it happens that way. Yeah. So Milwaukee, oh boy, because I had a I had a one bedroom apartment because I was like a I was I don't know I was in school for a couple years, so I wasn't I was too old for the dorms. I wasn't going to go to the dorms, so I was uh, I had a one bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't leave it much. And I just stayed there, and I was 21, so I would just get booze and little pizzas and, like, oh, man, just a just a variety of, like, orange or grape or strawberry, like, crush, and then that would be it. Now, this is in the 90s? Or no, the this was aughts? 2000, I think. 2000, like 2000, okay. yeah. You could probably live pretty well in Milwaukee with a little bit of money. Sure. And enjoy those little pizzas. Oh, man. Let me tell you, it was I. The, to me, what I'll do sometimes is I'll look back at those depressing days and I'll kind of be like, "Well, it wasn't that bad, actually," you know. And I'll start I'll start to romanticize yeah, it. And I'll yeah. be like, "You know what? It wasn't really that bad back then." And I remember, like, I don't think I had class on Friday, or maybe I did have class on Friday. But what would happen was, uh, either if it was Thursday or Friday, but that last class, just the the uh, the freedom of being like. I don't have to see anybody until like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, that was to me like, oh boy. So you went home to I went your apartment, back to the apartment, pizzaed it up, crushed pizza'd it up, pizzaed it up. I think there were some burritos in there too. Sure, some of course. Microwave burritos. You're a human. And then uh, just lots of TV. Yeah. Lots of movies. Uh, the internet was 
and it's kind of like accessible. Like you could get the stuff from the school to log on and go through yeah. the school. So yeah, there was. But a this lot is pre YouTube, clearly pre YouTube, pre Netflix, pre Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I just had a bunch of movie channels. I think the cable guy did the like, you know, I can slip you fifty bucks. Yeah, and I here's did all that. the movies, and I had all the movies. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I mean like I'm talking about it right now, and I'm just like, that wasn't pretty bad. good. It wasn't bad. <laughs> but you left, and that's that's how you first ended up in Chicago after that Milwaukee. Jones. No, then I went back to Indiana. Okay, I finished up school in Indiana. What is your degree in? Communications. Okay. And then I, uh, while I was in Milwaukee, my mom died and I came back and I was staying with my dad for a little bit. And it just, he was, he like sold our house and, and was living in like a retirement community. And I was like, okay, well I can't stay here. No, you, know? you shouldn't. And then, uh, although I felt, I felt like a pretty badass like being the, you know, the, the night owl there, like I'd go at, <laughs> this was also, I, I feel like everything now is kind of like, like you were saying, like no Netflix, no mm-hmm. YouTube, all this stuff. So like Netflix, I didn't have Netflix, but I had a Hollywood video. Yeah, absolutely. Which was my video store of, of choice. Uh, great independent section. You know <laughs> what I mean? They really they really went all out on the independent section there. But they had something of like uh, it's twenty bucks a month, just yeah. rent as many movies as you want. You can have like two at a time. Yeah. Oh man, did I take did I take advantage of that? It's probably why they went out of business. For sure. You That's, know? You're the only reason. But I was like, that was my Netflix and I okay. would just go there. It was a, a two minute car ride. Boy. You know? Oh, uh, for the listener at home, I just have a lot of sad eyes right now looking at Marty. Why? I don't know. I um, I can envision this so clearly. Well, it was to me. Uh, that was just you know that was that was just the life. Yeah, that's technically a life. That was the life. And then uh, I remember. Yeah, I think I think I was like, well, I got to get out of here. I think my dad was like, I'm going to start charging you rent, and I'm like, I'm not paying to live in a retirement community. That's the crazy part. That's ridiculous. So me and me and my buddies. Moved to move here to Chicago, and uh, yeah. When did you start doing stand up? Like two thousand, I think like two thousand six or seven. Oh wow! So, yeah. but I would like do a show. I would do a mic, and then not do it for a long time. Yeah, and then like That's get pretty, drunk and be like, I could do this. You guys want to see me do this? And then I go do it again. It's pretty normal though. Absolutely normal. But you started relatively late compared yeah. to I was like the uh, average comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in my thirty. I was like, I it was like just turning thirty. And you were, since I saw you, you were always like the quickest guy on stage. Oh, thanks. You still are one of the quickest guys on stage. Thanks. Uh, and and you're able to, you don't you don't come off as insecure in any way. So like you already have two things going for you. It seems like you've been doing this for a lot longer than you actually were doing it. What took so long? What was the thing that was holding you back? Ooh, good question. Uh, probably just that I've always had this. Uh, I've always had this thought of like that stuff's for other people. That's not for you. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was, you know, you can call it Catholic guilt or just growing up depressed. Just this idea of like that stuff's not for you. That's for other people. Sure. You know, you see some people and you're like, yeah, of course, that's the guy who does that or that's the lady who does that. But to me, uh, it, it just never felt like that was something I could do. Okay. And then, um, I don't know. I would go to, uh shows and watch and kind of study and be like okay i think i can be better than that guy but i don't know about that guy you know and i would i would i was way too um i i studied it way too much and i i overanalyzed it way too much instead of just being like fuck it i'm just gonna do this yeah uh and then i just did it and then i started like meeting friends it's crazy that we're talking about this because i was hanging out with one of my buddies last night and he was kind of asking me, like, what was your life like before you did stand-up? And it was a very small 
world. Sure. Um, I had a, a, a buddy from Indiana that I came here with, and then um, at, at a certain point he moved in with a girl, so I was living by myself. I started dating a girl that I knew from Indiana because it was like my world was so small. Of it was course. like, well, she's from Indiana. I'm from Indiana. We'll date. Small state. Small state, small world. So then we started dating, and it was kind of uh, – you know, I don't think it was the healthiest relationship, and uh, and then I, but then I started doing stand up, and then it was kind of funny because I think she was like, "Oh, you'd rather be doing that." Like I remember one like Friday night we're like on our couch, and she was like, "You, f- you seem like you'd rather be doing that than this," and I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of do." Oh no, I kind of do. So that relationship didn't last for very long after that. No, 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 no. And then uh, and then it was then I just I you kind of like find your footing. You meet all these cool people yeah. who are kind of like you as well. You know, you meet a lot of people who are these weird introverts who have this weird extrovert kind of thing going on. And it's easy to kind of be like, oh, we're all at a table at a bar. Like, this is nice. Like, this is our safe haven right here. Yeah. And then and then just getting addicted to performing. It's It all comes together where it's like – it's kind of fun to see like a new comic start to be like, oh, they know everybody now and they can just walk into – you know, and I always wonder what – like whether it's an open mic at a bar or a show in the back of a bar, like there's these people who walk in who have no right to be this confident who walk into these bars. And I wonder what these, you know, normal, normal people people think of just like, who does this guy think he is? You know? And it's like, if you run a show in any city uh, in that room, you sort of feel like the mayor. Yeah. Which is not normal. It shouldn't be. No, no. (laughs) Do anything. But then also what's weird is let's just say uh, you say, hey, I'm going to be at bar A. And I'm like, well, I have a show at bar B, so I'll be there after the show. I'm still high off of my show at bar B. Yeah. And I'm still in my head thinking, I just performed for all these people. I had fun. People said I was said I was good. And then I stroll into your bar, and I'm still with my – I'm in bar A, but I still have my bar B brain, you know, and I'm just walking in like, yeah. And I'm just – not, not I'm, I'm not walking in like a jerk or anything, but I am walking in with that confidence. And it's just kind of one of those things where, like I said, I don't think the average person is like, well, what is this guy's deal? But maybe the average person just already has confidence that's not show dependent. Maybe. So maybe that's another thing because – Maybe. One of the things that you've mentioned multiple times is bars. Yes. Uh, the Chicago comedy scene is a bar. It's my office. It's <laughs> it's my office. What are we talking about here? That's my office. It's it's. You were in L.A. Yes, and you've performed all over the country. Mm-hmm. You performed in New York, New York, and L.A. Besides Chicago, are obviously like the scenes. Neither of those scenes seem to drink as much as here. Okay. Now in New York, obviously, there's a bigger bar culture than in L.A. L.A. Everyone has to drive. Here, you don't have to drive. Yeah. And the best shows in this city are usually in bars, mm-hmm. or they're at really good comedy clubs that have very cheap drinks. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that's a common thread that is maybe dangerous? Sure. In this city? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Knock on wood, it hasn't been like uh, someone got in a car. There's no like Vince Neil, Motley Crue, like, sure. I'm going to run to the bar, and I'm going to run to the liquor store and get some more beer. And they're like, that day we lost three of our <laughs> best comedians. You know, it's nothing like that. No, it's not. But it's probably an overall type of thing. You know, where it's, it's sort of like, like Vince Neil now. It's like you're fifty something and bloated. Yeah, it's real sad. Yeah, but kind of cool. Yeah, no, but yeah, no, but it, but it's sad. But I I think it it is just um, I don't know, and I don't know what it is exactly because it's like you know I've been in bars in other cities and other towns, and it's like this is the same bar, sure, just like where we're at, and yeah. you know, um, 
but I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing for musicians in Chicago, if they tend to drink more here. I don't know if it's the same thing with actors or, or, or you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, to me, it just seems like, um, yeah, there's definitely more more drinking here. Like I remember getting like a, a, a Twitter message from a comic in L.A. and he was like, still feeling that shot of, of Jaeger you got me after the show. And I'm like... Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why? What do you mean? Uh, you know, just like, okay, well, that's just, I thought that's just what everyone does. Yeah. And I know not everyone drinks this much. And it's very hard. And it, but see, growing up, I had friends who were pretty big drinkers too in Indiana. And I was the like, uh, the lightweight of that group. And okay. I was like, oh, I can't drink that much. I mean, these guys used to, when we would watch Monday Night Raw, they'd get a case of beer. And this was when Raw was only two hours. And they would be like, we got to beat Raw. And they would just oh, no. destroy this case of beer, and uh, and then they, they used to have this this Indianapolis Colts shot glass with like first quarter, second quarter, and I would just watch these guys make vodka disappear, make Jack Daniels disappear, and I was just like, well, I'm not like that. But then there, but then I would drink with other people, and uh, and they'd be like, oh man, you drink a lot, and you're just like, I didn't think I did. And yeah, I think it's the same thing with comedy, where it's just like. First of all, especially when you first get into it, we're getting paid with drink tickets. You don't get paid with money. You don't get paid with with any form of money or anything like that. So you get these drink tickets, and you're like, well, i got to use them. And that to me has been even when I'm like, I'm not going to drink anymore. And they're sure. like, here's your drink tickets. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Waste these? I could yeah. very well give them to you or give them to someone else. Um, but you're just like, okay. And then I think because Chicago, although it's a big city, it's a small city. So the bars you start to go to, you tend to know the bartenders, and then all of a sudden you start getting some drinks and stuff for free, and you know it's like, oh man, this is this is good, but probably not good. And then sure. it's a, I mean, I've had more nights here where they've just gotten away from me, you know, where you're yeah. just like, woof, that got that night got away from me, you know, it's like a, a a Monday night, and you're just like, I'm gonna go do that show, I'm gonna come home, I'm gonna just watch some TV and hang out. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, man, we're at a 4 a.m. bar on a Monday. Like, that's not that's not right. Yeah, and it always seems to be that you could not – you could have a group any night of the week here really easily. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. But also you can just go and know a bartender somewhere. That's true. And just chat with them a little that's bit. That's true. Now, you're a very good comic. You were a very good comic. Uh, what? How did the city impact your comedy? Um, I guess just like – one of the things was when I started, uh, it was it was kind of the thing of like, oh, you got to perform a bunch. You got to go to a bunch of open mics and stuff. And that was like the new the new comedy trend of like, you got to perform as much as possible. And you got to go up on stage as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, oh, OK, that's what everyone's doing. That's what I'll do. And there would be some nights where I was just like, I just can't. I can't do it because I, I still had a full-time job and everything. That's the thing, too. You run into a lot of people who don't have full-time jobs, whether it's their, you know, They've learned how to live uh, off very little money or they're in between jobs or their their parents pay for everything. You know what I mean? So you're running into these different groups of people where there's the one person who's like, I got to be up at eight in the morning. Uh, and then there's other people who are like, I don't have to be up at all. 
but we're all still going out. And there's those, that's up to you to be like, I think I need to go home now. And I had a full-time job, but I was still able to, I used to like listen to old Ric Flair interviews. I'd be like, no matter what, I was up on that plane. And I'm like, okay, Ric Flair did it. I can do it. I'm going to be up and on that plane or in my case, a car on my way to Costco or something. You what know? was your job at Costco? Cause it's not like you were just, you had a job that you kind of need to use your brain. Yeah. I was a hearing, a hearing aid specialist. So I, was, I would test people for hearing loss and then I would, uh, if they needed hearing aids, I could fit them with hearing aids. Yeah, so that's a job where you can't just like close your eyes and get through it. No. Yeah. No. Literally, people's hearing. I've fallen asleep. One of people's senses. Yeah, is I in fell your asleep hands. during a hearing test once. Oh no. Yeah, and I went, oh, oh, and the guy looked at me like, "You're right, buddy." I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I, I always used to just go, "I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick." How often were you well. sick at sick in air quotes at work? There were there were multiple times where I was sick. There you go. You know, when did you finally quit that job? And make this your full-time gig? Um, well, I went part-time. Okay. Which I thought was perfect because I, I need I need a little structure in my life. Um, and it gave me something to wake up. I, I was working Monday, th- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then if I had to, I could go on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or, or just do shows in the city. Or sure. I started to go on commercial auditions and stuff then. And um, to me, that was good. I need a reason to get out of my bed sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, like around uh, November of last year is when I, I quit and then moved to L.A. November of 2014. Yeah. Now, you were in L.A. for what, six months? Uh, nine like months? Nine. Nine or ten. I'm assuming you moved there because, like, that's just what you do if you're a comic. You moved right. to L.A. or you moved to New York? Well, here's the real, I mean, the real reason. Of course. Is uh, I was dating a girl. We were living together. And we broke up. And uh, and then she was like, I'm going to New York. So I was like, well, I'm going to L.A. It was I depressed people tend to be very, uh, very impulsive sometimes, especially if you throw a little a little ADD in there. Very impulsive. And that's been my life story. Moving around, thinking that's going to fix things. You know what I mean? So I um, I, I definitely was just like it was a knee jerk reaction. I had always felt like I guess I have to leave because you kind of feel like that sometimes. I don't feel like that anymore. But well, you're uh, back. I am back. Obviously. Yeah. Which when I was out in L.A. and I didn't like it, I was like, well, I can't move back to Chicago. You know, <laughs> I really felt like just like no one does that really. I mean, people do it, but I was just like, you well, know, no one really does it. I mean, there have been people who have done it. Sure, of course. But overall, but, people usually either quit comedy. Right, which I noticed out there. Yeah. I noticed people. I was like, oh, when I started, that guy had just moved to L.A. or mm-hmm. that lady just moved to L.A. And they were all kind of like uh, not really doing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what happens. And then not being there and and not really – you know, I don't know what everyone else's reasons were. But for me, um, it was a lot of it, – uh, it was a lot to do with my depression and of, and of sitting like – making excuses for myself and but really at the end of the day just not being able to leave the house to go do these things that I should have been doing and I just couldn't I just couldn't sort of muster up the the like the energy or the strength or whatever was needed and then I started being like well, I don't even want to do comedy anymore and then when you kind of have wrapped yourself up in this as part of your identity for the last you know almost 10 years that starts to be like a really weird thing one of the things that you keep mentioning besides comedy and besides bars is depression. Yes. Um, you have a very – I think it's a very good podcast called Wrestling with Depression. Well, I'm glad you do. <laughs> now, that means a lot that you think it's good. I, I think it's great. I trust your – I mean, I value, I value your opinion. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to cut that from the show. Uh, 
one of the things I like about it is you talk about stuff that most people are really afraid to talk about, mm-hmm. and you talk about things that a lot of Midwestern people with a lot of Catholic guilt are afraid to talk about. You're from the Midwest. You have Catholic guilt. You're embracing those things. You're talking about depression, and you're talking about something a lot of people don't want to talk about either because it's sad, and that's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you're combining these two things, and, and you're doing it in a way where you're making, I think, the world a, a smaller, better, more understanding place. But you're obviously depressed. Yeah. Like, this is not a gimmick no. that you've taken on. You're no. a depressed human being. Yeah. How was your depression in L.A.? Bad. You would think, from an outsider's point of view, oh, I'm going to go to L.A. It's literally sunnier. Sure. The days are longer. I have to be outside. I can't just take the train wherever I need to go like you can in Chicago. Mm-hmm. This is going to be good for my mental health. But mm-hmm. it wasn't for you. No. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, there's some people who'd say, like, oh, if you would have stayed there long. So everyone just kept saying, you can't, yeah, well, you got to be here at least this amount of time. you got to be here at least a year. You gotta, and, I, and in my head, I was like, I don't got to do anything. Yeah. I don't got to do anything. Unless you're getting a degree, you don't have to do that. Right. And, um, and for me, when my depression is really in control, uh, it's isolation. It's, um, you know, it's all these little sneaky things. I'm going to interrupt. When sure. you say in control – you mean like the depression is taking over or yeah. you're – okay. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, when the depression is clearly like got the steering wheel. Understood. And it's like, no, we're going to do this. And okay. it's all the things I've always done. It's supposed to be going to this place, but then there's just something in you that's like, I, we can't. I can't. And then it's a good excuse, you know, whether it's oh, something came up or, um, you know, that's the thing too with like – you can be like, oh, I got an audition. I got a call back. I got to go. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to go. But it's like – Little do they know, I'm just going to go to like, you know, a bookstore and walk around, yeah. and and um, so that's a thing too, and and there's just that feeling of like, uh, what's the point? Yeah, you know, that's the big thing when it's when it starts to become what's the point, and it's not it's not uh sometimes the darkest of dark thoughts of what's the point, but a lot of it is just kind of like you know like there'd be times where I would just be like oh, I just get a regular job and just you know live my life and you start and I start to isolate myself and I don't need people. I don't need them. Like there's sometimes where, um, you know, you're kind of just like craving people and you're like, Oh, but when I get down like that, the last thing I want to do is be around people. All of your jobs now involve other people. Mm-hmm. Sure. You could do your show from the, you could just Skype in your show. You could just do a, an audio feed of it. You don't have to go perform stand-up mm-hmm. yet you choose to do things you choose to have people over to just talk face to face you choose to go on stage yeah doesn't that contradict yeah that and it but and i but the reason why i do those things is because i know that the benefits i get from them are are great and they keep me going so like if i go to a show and normally i've always been like well if i have a show i have a show i'll get out of bed i'll get i'll make sure i'm at that show you won't cancel on i shows. won't i won't cancel shows Started, I started to cancel shows or this, this idea, is in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this idea of, um, this idea of like, well, I should be emailing all these people for shows. I just wasn't doing it. And I was like, I'll save you the time to reject me, but I just won't email you, you know? And there was a thought, there was just this thing I had in me that was just kind of like, what's it all matter anyway? What am I going to go to your show and then what? Nothing. Who cares? You know, and it was starting to get like that. And, um, and that's the thing with the podcast too, was because I took a big break from the podcast. 
like I've been doing it for I don't even know how many years and I just hit 100 episodes. Like if I was a diligent podcaster, I'd have hit that in two years. Sure. But I take breaks. Uh, and luckily the people who have I – mad mean, people who still listen from the start who are just kind of on board and they've they've seen it. We joke around about it like The Undertaker has the streak at WrestleMania. Of course. You know, and I, I'll joke around about, hey, we have a streak going like I've done eight weeks in a row of the show or something like that. And it's a big deal. Um, but like with a lot of people who are depressed, there's just something uh, – the instant gratification of saying no is pretty pretty kick-ass. How so? It feels good to say no at first. Like, let's say you and I were going to do this. Sure. And uh, and let's say um, I just didn't want to do it. And then I'd be like, oh, hey, man, I got to go do this thing or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, okay, I guess. Like, I will do it Tuesday. And it's like, yeah, man, again, I'm really sorry. And you're like, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm like, all right, cool. And then when I put my phone down and, you know, go back to watching something on my computer it's just like ah, that feels real good so you had a lot of that good feeling in la and that quickly turned into a not good feeling yeah, yeah yeah and then and and um you know it just for me and it, and it was funny because i wasn't drinking that much there hmm. you know because it's not a big drinking city uh my 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 girlfriend at the time there she wasn't a big drinker and it got very much my sort of uh, my drug of choice or whatever of choice was just kind of laying around watching TV. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, it was just kind of like I just got into that, that just, I could watch TV all day long and people would be like, oh my God, don't you go crazy? And it's like, no, I don't go crazy. Um, and then it's like, there's that, uh, where you're just like, come on, man, let's get up, let's go to the grocery store, let's go to, you know, del taco and get some food and then you go and you go out in the world and get your food and then come back also i start when i when i get like that i start to get a little paranoid as well okay um so you know you're going out and you're gonna get food and it's like nighttime out and you think someone's gonna rob you or something and it's just like then you start to think back about that and i'm just like oh shit like i was so just kind of like whacked out yet the depression another sneaky thing it does is it makes makes it want to seem like everything's cool you know, so? like for whatever reason, when I am that depressed, I don't want people to really know about it, you know, and if they ask me, I'm like, no, things are good. Things are real good. You know, things are good. And then you start making um, or for me, at least, you know, you start making these like, well, I was like writing on a show. So I was like, well, that counts. I'm writing jokes all day. So that, that counts. I'm tired, you know, tired yeah. working all day. And uh, that's that's your excuse. And you start to make um, deals with yourself, you know. Or you'll set like goals in the future. Starting that, then I'll. By then, I'm going to be. That's when I'm going to really get it together. And there's always this idea of like the ideal me and the me that is doing all these things that I want to do, like the optimal me. You know, the the me that you know works out every day and eats right and drinks every once in a while. And and you know maybe I has, love that even the ideal you. It's like oh, I'm still going to drink. You know, yeah, I thought about that too. Just being like no drinking. I thought about like yeah, you know, no drinking, no drugs for like one year or whatever. And drugs, I say drugs, weed. You know what I mean? But that of like for one year, I'm always I'm always thinking about these things of like, you know. Well, what is the ideal you? Uh, well, that's the thing I'm trying to get in touch with and and maybe this is the ideal me and i'm okay with that good you know i like i like me i like uh i like i can have fun by myself you know 
Saw Star Wars twice already. Had a real good time. Were you alone both times? Yeah, yeah. Where did you see it? Uh, at the uh, at the landmark Century City. Cool. So you got to go. This is what you got to do when you want to avoid people. Yes. And especially kids at movies, you go to the art theaters. Oh. And they're gonna play Star Wars. They want that Star Wars money. So you go there during the day. Avoid crowds. You know, it's just a bunch of people like me. We're all alone. We're all just like, don't don't you dare come by me. I'm not going to come by you. Is there more or less of that in L.A. or Chicago, or is it about the same? No, I think it's about the same. Okay. There's a, there's a great uh, afternoon movie culture, you know, loner. There, it just being alone is to me is just, I don't know, I've always liked it. You do? Oh, yeah. Okay. Growing up, some of my favorite things to do were I would get in my car. Uh, I would go get like uh, get lunch. I would go to thrift stores. I would go to toy stores. Uh, I would go to like bookstores. I just feel bad for loners today because they don't have all these bookstores like we used to have. How great were like Borders and Barnes and Noble back in the day? This came up earlier today with a friend. Borders was you, an easy way to spend an afternoon. If you lived in a dumb suburb, that was that was one of your sanctuaries. You know, first I would get some magazines. I would sit down, maybe get a cup of coffee, and then you plow through some magazines. Uh, And there's so many different magazines. I would get, like, music magazines. I would get wrestling magazines. I would get uh, the action figure magazines. Sure. Uh, Maybe a a movie magazine. Why not? You know what? I haven't seen a Fangoria in a while. I'm going to grab one of those. You know, so you're looking at all these magazines, and then you start going into the books. You know, you dip into the self-help section, see if there's any quick fix books, you know. Fix your life in one week or something like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that. You seem to be obsessed with timelines. I am. Really? Yeah. Timelines. Uh, I'm obsessed with um, – so on the on the board behind you, I have like a dry erase board in my room. Mm-hmm. That says WrestleMania 32, April 3rd, 2016. I crossed out how many days that was until then. That's a little bit of a um, that's a little bit of a of a checkpoint for me. We're gonna see if we can change some things up by WrestleMania. What would you like to change up? I would like to get healthier, physically healthier. Physically healthier. Okay. Um, what do you, do you want to reveal your weight right now or no? My weight? Do you know it? Oh, are you afraid to get on a scale? No, 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 no. no. We have a scale in the bathroom. Okay. Uh, I think I'm like around 180. What's which your is ideal weight? One. 70. That's pretty easy to accomplish. So. Maybe 160, 160, maybe 165. Okay. But I want to get my, I want to get, I don't care about weight. I want to okay. look, I want to look better. You want to look better? Yeah. How so? Like what's, what's, the, where are the problem areas right now? Is this making you feel uncomfortable? No, 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 not okay. at all. Not at all. I just don't really talk about it to other people. Well, I'm interested. I, w- I would like to be able to, uh, uh, take off my shirt and someone be like, Hey, check you out, Marty. Like, that's what I'd like. So it's Kevin Spacey, American beauty. I just want to look good naked. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I completely better naked. That. Look, be- that? You better look naked. good. I look you fine look naked. Better. I look fine naked. But I want to look better naked. Okay, that's a good sure. goal. And then, um, and then I I know that when I have been working out in the past, it's helped me feel better. Okay, I know it helps with depression. Sure. Um, Were you? Why didn't you work out in L.A. or did you work out in L.A.? I did. Okay, I did in my backyard. I had a backyard, and I and I did. I had like a an app on my phone that I would do. Sure. And um. Are you doing that here in Chicago? No, no. Why not? I mean, I go to the gym every once in a while. Okay. Every once in a while, I'll go to the gym. So you're paying for a gym membership? Yeah. Okay. So you have an outlet. That's good. But I go, well, it's only 15 bucks a month. Well, I, got some I got some sweetheart deal. Uh, the guy who was at the gym wanted, wants to be a comic, so I said, don't dick me around. Give me a comic. Give me a com- comedian price. 
Does he know you're a comic? Yeah. So that's why he gave you a deal. Yeah, so I got a pretty good deal. Do you find that happens a lot in this city? Yeah. People see you and they're like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Really? I get noticed a lot. A lot more than not getting noticed ever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure, sure. No, there's there's usually places I'll go where someone will be like, "Oh, I, I, you, where do I know you from?" or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Did that happen in L.A.? I'm guessing no. Not to be mean, it's just no. It's a much bigger city. I don't. I mean, kind of. There's sometimes for, with from wrestling stuff. Yeah. Um, well, like he, obviously, at a wrestling show, I'll get recognized more. Sure, through wrestling stuff. For the people that only know you as a comic or don't know you at all, yeah, you're into the wrestling scene. You are not a wrestler. No, you are not a manager. Nope. you're not part of any single promotion. No. What initially? Let's. Okay, let's not do that. Oh, that'll be the different one. Okay. Wrestling. Your best friends are located in Chicago. Yes. Miss- that was another thing, too. I missed a lot of my best friends. But that's not... Uh, no, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Okay. You're an older gentleman. Yeah. We're, no, you're not in your 65. 20s. You're 65. Now you I'm look, 38. You're a spry 65. I'm 38. You're a spry 38. <laughs> was it weird to say, like, I just... I miss my friends. I want to go back to where my friends are. A little bit. Uh, you know? And I, I mean, I had friends in L.A. I had new friends in L.A. But I just was like, uh, eh, you know? No, it, I don't. It was just kind of like, whatever. This is, we're we're friendly. Sure. We're not friends. Yeah. You know? What do your friends here provide you with that your friends in L.A. didn't? Uh, it's more like family. Okay. Yeah, and when I don't have a lot of family, so that was important. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You probably – how often do you visit your father in Indiana? Maybe. like We, we have a better relationship now than we ever did, so uh, we'll see each other once every month or two. Okay, so a good amount. Sure. And I'm a, when did your relationship get better? After my mom and sister died. Yeah. yeah. So so you've been seeing him consistently monthly for a long time. Mm, a yeah, while. Yeah, oh, for a while now, yeah. Was it harder going in L.A.? Or was it easier to detach from that? No. I mean, I don't even know if that was – part of me felt a little bad leaving because uh, he just moved back to Indiana from Florida. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I thought we'd see each other more. You're leaving? I'm like, yep. Yeah. Um but I, I think uh, – but that, but that wasn't like a huge factor. I'm okay. like, i got to come home for my dad, which I've done that. I lied about that before with a girl when I, I was living in Arizona one time. When were you in Arizona? Just I, – I had a friend who moved there after high school, and uh, this was after Milwaukee when I was back in Chicago. This was when I was in Chicago. I was probably only in Chicago for like a year, and I was just like not happy with life. And um, I remember I was working – uh, my dad had like a warehouse, like a dry cleaning supply warehouse. So I was working there and I was, it was like such a bad snowstorm. I had to stay in Indiana. I couldn't go back to Chicago and I was staying at his place and I was like, I'm going to move to Arizona. I like hit my buddy up. I'm like, I'm going to come out there. And he's like, cool. Um, and I, I went there and, uh, right away met a girl and fell in love, which is another one of my, my tropes, you know what I mean? Sure. If they're making the movie of Marty, it's like, oh, this guy fell in love with a girl instantly again. And, um, like, she was supposed to move out, and I was going to move in. And then after one night, we were like, why move out? Let's just both stay here together. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then after a little while, I was like, oh, this is a bad idea. I got to get out of here. This is in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. A place you had visited before? Yeah. Okay, that's good. And didn't like, really, that Oh, much. good. Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm like, what am I doing? in the summer. I'm like, what am I doing here? How long are you in Scottsdale, Arizona? Maybe a couple months, and then I was like, yeah, I gotta go back to Indiana. Yeah. Or back to, okay. back to, well, I went back to uh, 
where did I go? I went back to Indiana f- for a little bit till my one buddy's lease was up, and then we moved back in together. Okay. So yeah, there's lots of a lot of moving, a lot of moving, a lot you, of relationships. Do you ever regret going to LA? No, not at all. Do you ever regret coming back? Um, sometimes, sometimes maybe. Or someone will go, why didn't you move to New York? Everyone always says that to me. Why didn't you go to New York? You seem like you would have had a better time in New York or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I should have went to New York. I don't know. So next time. But I couldn't have because the girl I was dating was going to go to New York and I would have looked like I was following her. Of course. New York's a real small town. You might run into her. Yeah, now, well, we would have. this In this circle, I would have. And that was the last thing I wanted to do at the time. Well, let's give out her Twitter handle right now. Give her some plugs. It is at. No. Um, What's the best thing about being back? Uh, the best thing about being back is I feel like myself again. You get out in LA and I don't, it's a weird thing. Like I, I always, I always kind of feel like, like, okay, if, if we're making the action figure of you, what would it, what would it be wearing? There'd have to be two outfits. Okay, fine. What One would they? be black jeans. Okay. And like what I'm wearing now, which okay. is like a flannel shirt. And the other one would be a suit. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I, I, the suit would be like a mail-in. Like you gotta get yeah. all the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether it be universe figures, yeah. then you can mail in for that one. So I was when I got out there, I always wear you know a jean jacket, jeans, a t- oh, black yeah. t shirt. I have my this is my. I remember going out there, and I remember one of my buddies was like, "You can't dress like this. No one dresses like this out here." And I stopped dressing like that, like an asshole. How did you dress? I just wore like jeans and like instead of wearing like my black boots or like my black Chuck Taylors, you know, I got like a pair of like like brown Sauconies and like. And and uh, and I had like you know just like shirts and I got like a like a brighter hoodie or something like that and then I was like what the fuck am I do-? I don't know if I can curse on this you can curse all you I want I was like what the fuck am I doing you yeah. know and and I remember um, when I came back here and it started to get a little cooler one night and I had my like black jeans on and I had my my. Uh, my my dark gray jean jacket with a with a hoodie underneath it and a black t shirt and I was like, ah, oh, finally back to myself. Like I really did feel wow. like. And then and then it was a it was like the perfect storm of like wearing that again. And I don't know why it just felt like an old you know like like an old an old gunslinger putting his belt on yeah. and his boots on and stuff. Uh, or and then like comedy, it took a little while for me to feel back to like into the swing of things of like being sharp and all that stuff on yeah. stage. And then, um, and I would say like just recently and it's, that's, and it's been, you know, I got back in like the beginning of August or, or, or something like that. Uh, and now here in December, I'm just feeling like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm back where I was. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad. Yeah. If you would like more information on Marty DeRosa, follow him on Twitter at sign Marty DeRosa, M-A-R-T-Y-D-E-R-O-S-A. You could download his podcast at wrestlingwithdepression.com. To find us on Twitter, go to ubiestmiapod. And to find us on Facebook, uh, just type in ubiestmia and you'll find us there. For more information on me, my name is Brandon Weatherby. Go to at sign YMTE on Twitter or download my other podcast called You Me Them Everybody at youmethemeverybody.com. The theme songs were written by Daniel Knox, and you can hear those songs right now. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful night. I'll hunt the places that you've been